You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. That is the the owl. We're going to cover, you know. What can they teach us? In general, but especially these burrowing owls, they are because of their unique physiology. Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. Hey, Angie. Are you sweating yet? Well, you are still sweating there, right? It's like October. Oh, yes. It is full on. uh, Still warm here in Florida. However, the... uh, our mornings have been a little bit more brisk. It's gotten down to 68 in oh, the morning, the which almost feels a little chilly, if you will. Yes. I'm sure all yes. my northern friends are wanting to uh, reach through the microphone and uh, grab me by the neck or something. <laughs> 68. I know. I'm so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, uh, know. But during the day, then it gets very we, – we are still sometimes in the 90s uh, or high 80s. So it still uh, is warm here, yeah. but we're experiencing a, uh, yeah. a few trees that I think have been introduced here uh, the deciduous trees mm-hmm. are changing colors a little bit. So we have a little bit. Yeah. Okay, and everything, yeah. I always think of, I call it green Gainesville. Uh, but this time of year, everything yeah. starts to not be quite as green. Uh, there's always a little bit of a die off. You know, yeah. We're talking about that. When I was teaching at Clemson, I swear to you, Angie, the, the Appalachian Mountains in October were the most beautiful things. And you grew up in Michigan. Well, you're more, I don't know. Are you, you know, what, are, what kind of trees do you guys have up there? Oh, maple. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is a Jewess uh, and evergreen, but, but the, oh my it's gorgeous. God, the it's stunning. Change. The yellow, the fuchsia. Oh, it's, so, it's just, oh, it's so pretty. and I always like the, even the fall yeah. smells just are kind of, uh, and it's, it's a little bit rotting, but I, love, yeah. I still like it. I know, uh, I know, I know. Or, I know it's just the crisp air. Well, I mean, it's a crisp air coming off the hot summers because in Michigan, we got, we would, in mm-hmm. August, and uh, there'd be some hot weather. So it's, yeah, it's like refreshing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and everybody, of course, loves Halloween in the U.S. Exactly. And yep. More interesting than that, that leads into this it, yeah. in Florida. Even though we don't have as big of or a proper fall with a lot with color change or a lot of color mm-hmm. change, I think Halloween might actually be a bigger deal in Florida than it was in Michigan. People go it's, crazy yeah, here with decorations crazy. in the front yeah, of their house, yeah. and so it's just kind of it's mm-hmm. a fun time of of year. I think wherever you live, at least in the in the U.S. Yeah, especially when you have kids. Especially mm-hmm. when you have kids. Yeah. And then in the US and, too, there's this huge so- crazy pumpkin movement. So everything is pumpkin flavored. Mm-hmm. I had pumpkin flavored pancakes this mm-hmm. morning. There's pumpkin flavored coffee. <laughs> I mean, everything you could uh mm-hmm. potato chips, mm-hmm. you name it. So if you're a pumpkin fan, which I am, yep. it's 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 a pretty fun time of year. <laughs> yeah, and it it's it's good because speaking of Halloween, it leads us into our animal today. That is the the owl. We're going to cover you know owl physiology, but then specifically the burrowing owl. Yes, which is Chris picked the yes. well. Owls in general are amazing, but I think he picked a very yeah. unique and interesting owl, being that it's a burrowing mm-hmm. owl and it lives underground. So you're going to learn all about its really unique adaptations and 
course, physiology and owl physiology in general. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we thought it was a, when he suggested it, I was like, yes, Halloween. Absolutely. It's a perfect, yeah, it's perfect, perfect it's species. Perfect. And the burrowing owl itself is just really unique. And probably a lot of people aren't familiar with, uh, with a burrowing owl and what it does and how it does it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. stick with us and learn all about owls in general, but also, Mm-hmm. If you stay tuned until the end, which I know everyone must do, right? <laughs> yes, all every episode. <laughs> uh, or I guess you could just fast forward the end uh, if you uh, if you can't yes. can't uh, if you don't have patience like me sometimes. S- stay tuned with us, and we'll we'll uh, discuss the the physiology behind how an owl can rotate its head two hundred and seventy degrees. In either yes. direction. So just stop right now if yes. you're driving in your car or vacuuming yeah. or something or doing the dishes. Don't turn your head 270. Please well, don't. Well, try to. Yeah. I suggest – well, not if you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> not if you're driving. Yes. If you're at a stoplight or if you're vacuuming or whatever you're doing. But yeah. – or at your desk. Yeah. But, I mean, our range of motion is completely limited. And an owl in both yes. left or right can go 270. So 360 mm-hmm. obviously is a full circle. Yeah. So 270 means they can mm-hmm. look – all the way around over their opposite shoulder. So just incredible. Uh, yes. And of course, they have very, yeah. very special physiological adapt- adaptations to be able to do that. So stick with us and you'll have mm-hmm. learn another fun fact that yeah, you can yeah. share at your next Halloween party, especially if you dress up as an yes. owl. Owl, yeah. Who doesn't love owls? I mean, just and, – and I guess I'll jump ahead at like 20 slides or whatever um, – our range of motion is 45 degrees. That's what I was so, going to guess when I was just doing my yeah, stretches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do 270. You will break your neck or you'll pull some, something. So owls. Yeah, this is our first owl. And there's over 200. It's like they, right now about 216 species of owls. Uh, and just we're going to cover why they're the wise, wise owls. There's just There's just so many cool things that they do. And this one. I swear, Angie, you look at them and they're just so sweet. I mean, they're just so gorgeous. Oh, the burring owl is really cool. Beautiful markings, brilliant yellow eyes, long legs. Mm -hmm. So it definitely stands out as far as some of its features compared to when you just think of a a typical barred owl or something uh, as far as with the long legs and the brilliant yellow eyes. So, and its size, its Mm -hmm. size is, is, in my opinion, somewhat unique in that it's, it's just a little guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit bigger than a robin, but definitely not as big as a crow. Like they're not a big owl, right? So Right. Yeah. And then they have the mottled brown and white feathers and their bills are yellow too, like their eyes. Their their heads are a little bit flatter for owls. Um, and I just, mm-hmm. oh, I and they're in Florida. That's the thing. I the, the, we'll get in their habitat, we'll get to in a minute, but there there is a subspecies in Florida and the Bahamas there. So they're everywhere in North and South America. Really I know. Cool. I'm so bound and determined to see one now. I didn't I realize. I, obviously, before uh, picking the species, I didn't know a ton about uh, the burrowing owl and their habitat and where they range right. and what they did. And so, yeah, learning about this, I was super pumped up. I'm like, okay, I got to try to see some of these guys. And I'll tell you a funny story. I'll, a little bit later, I'll tell you a funny story that Jesse shared with me um, talking about owls and burrowing owls. So, But I'll save that at the end. I'm looking at this picture like we, I know we're jump. you know, I don't want to jump way ahead to repro, but I just had to put this picture in here and I've got to post it on the show notes. 
but it is a brood of burrowing owls and they are the cutest thing. I'm looking at six of them in this little burrow, just standing out there in their little soft downy feathers. And I'm just like, oh my God, they're so adorable. They are so adorable. Baby owls are pretty precious with their their feathers, the downy uh, feathers, like you said. And then they grow up in these brilliant adults that have yellow eyes and they have the arched eyebrows. They don't have the, um, the tufts that we, a lot of the owl species have that we think of. And like you said, they're, they don't have as much or the ear tufts and they don't have much as a flattened facial disc and their chest or the abdomen may have a white or brown spotting or even some barring depending on the subspecies. So there's going to be some range in color and markings, uh, per subspecies, but you can't, they all have these long legs, which are definitely mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. unique compared to other other owls. So in my opinion, you can kind of see more of their, it looks like you can see more of their body. Right, right. And there's a reason they're, they're I mean, longer legs evolve that way and we'll get there. Speaking about where they live, so North, South, Central America and the Caribbean. So they go mm-hmm. all the way up into Canada, all the way down into Argentina and Chile. So uh, burrowing owls are pretty much throughout the Americas. Now, they're, you know, talking about why care, you know, obviously they're a major predator and, and you can kind of talk more about this too. I, it makes me a little bit sad because there's only right now they estimate about 10,000 breeding pairs is what I read. And they're, they're, they are on the decline, but still IUCN still has them as least concerned just due to such a huge habitat. Right. So, you know, I know in the news segment, which we're going to get back to here soon, and other things you and I always talk about, flagship species and, and what species to, to save. So I guess I can understand like IUCN, you know, do you want to throw a ton of money at burrowing owls um, when you have other owls that are critically endangered or other species that are critically endangered? So, but it's still sad. And I think there are, there are other species that show what is happening out there around the world. Right. And if you stick with us too, I'm going to talk about one of our conservation organizations, that are working in an area where burrowing owls are were extinct in 1980. So that's the mm. thing is there's certain, and they're trying to bring them back. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's the thing. There are certain areas where they are extinct or are endangered. I think in Florida where mm-hmm. they're listed as threatened. So mm-hmm. certain subspecies, depending on where they're living, what's going on with the human population there and habitat destruction, uh, their numbers, like you said, are declining. So right. it, I do think they're a, a good species to talk about. And they're very unique in their niche. And I mentioned briefly in the pod, but they're the only owls that burrow underground. And they're found mm-hmm. in grassland, rangeland, agriculture areas. And they are, they're pretty variable. Like they can, they do pretty well in lots of different types of terrain, which is why they have such a large mm-hmm. range. However, mm-hmm. they still need the land, uh, and they're not your typical owl that's going to be up in a tree nesting. Uh, they need mm-hmm. ground cover, and that's often mm-hmm. some of the first thing to go when as people push forward with development. Right, right, right. And it, I mean, <clears throat> with only ten thousand breeding pairs, I mean that's that is nothing. That is a small population. Of, oh yeah. Well, yeah. especially uh, I think it's only like fifty percent of them make it past uh, being a juvenile. That's sad. It makes me sad. And we'll touch it. We'll touch yeah, okay. on that more when we get to life cycles. But but yes, if you so if you 
So if you haven't already yet, definitely Google a picture of this guy or check out our, our show notes. So as we are moving through this podcast you can, and talking about their physiology, you can have a, a picture right. in your mind of what they look like because they really are quite charming. Oh, very, 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 very. Now, this was fun to look into is owl evolution and birds in general. And, and, and I know you and I have talked about this a few times. I mean, obviously birds have, have come from dinosaurs that survived the last mass extinction. What's interesting about owls, they date back almost 50 million years. And sure. They're flying dinosaurs. Yes, they That's, are. I love yeah. it. Xander always says that there was some episode probably of like wild crats yeah, yeah. or what's another, what's another one that he loves uh, dinosaur train. Right. Right. But they're, the kids these days have such amazing animal shows. They do. I, they I grew do. up with like the Smurfs, which is nineteen sixties. <laughs> no, the Scooby Doo. Uh, close, yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, there was some. Yeah, and Tom and Jerry and things like that. Yeah, and, uh, we didn't have those, uh, Thundercats. Yeah. I think. Or, I yeah. don't remember. There was definitely no like. Yeah, there was definitely no awesome shows about animal mm -hmm. zoologist or even the right. Cat in the Hat in our in our local PBS station basically does an animal each episode and they mm -hmm. the kids and the cat in the hat travel the dr seuss character right right travel right, right, right yeah. to go see the animals so there's just i mean yeah for anybody who's like has an animal kid which most kids are animal kids i feel like it's pretty amazing yeah, so with that is, being is. said one episode i don't know what it was but they basically were talking about bird evolution mm -hmm. and they and they are called birds modern day flying dinosaurs they are they are they absolutely are and that just really really cool it it does absolutely, and it just really stuck with me when I whenever I see like a a crow or a dove or a, a common mm -hmm. bird, I'm just like that is a dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. That's as close Dino as I'm going to get. This, right there. Yeah, right. In this lifetime, yeah. this is as close as I'm yeah. going to get. So I better enjoy it. Right, right, right. So yeah, they owls are are just. Let me just put it, throw it out there right away. They're the most advanced bird on Earth. They have evolved um, some amazing adaptations now. The oldest barn owl fossil dates back about 24 million years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now there's how owls evolve. There's competing theories, but what generally is accepted is obviously owls evolved from other bird species. They have incredible eyesight and other adaptations that Angie and I are going to talk about today to allow them to live in one area or type of environment year round. They don't migrate. Correct. Right. So you have this, you know, one of the owls we might cover in a year or so is the snow owl. Right? Oh, the, I love that right? white owl with its furry, yeah. or, oh. not furry, pardon my French, yeah. with its fluffy, feathery <laughs> white feet. <laughs> right. Like they are gorgeous, but they've adapted to live in, in the snow mm -hmm. and they get, you know, white in the winter and then they, I think they, they molt and then, you know, darker feathers or whatever, but they don't migrate. So they've, they've evolved that way. I mean, because you have owls in deserts, jungles, you know, like we just said, snow, forest, they're almost everywhere. So they've, they've, they're really. Yes, I get to see them every night when I walk my dog late at night here in my neighborhood. Yeah. What do we have? I'm trying to remember. I had one in my backyard there. Yeah. I'm, oh, we're most likely called? probably seeing barred owls. Barred owls. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Big. They're big. They're big they're and they're really very vocal. And yeah. I got to see a male yeah. chasing a female. I don't know if they were doing breeding yeah. behaviors or what, but they were, and they were t calling back and forth. And I was just yeah, like, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's well, and it's great yeah. because it encourages me late at night to, okay, the dog wants to go for one more walk. And I could just kick her out mm -hmm. in the backyard, but I'm like, well, I'll go see if yeah. I can see some owls tonight. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're there. And, 
you know, so obviously owls, what they've done is, you know, to find shelter, food and protect their young. That's, that's what drives them. This is really where owls are known for their wisdom mm-hmm. is because they're so advanced for a bird species. So that's where the wise owl came from, that they're able to survive and thrive in all these different environments year round. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why they're known for that. And obviously it's taken millennia for them to, to adapt to this. Now, bird evolution, like Angie said, after the fifth mass extinction, those surviving dinosaurs radiated out. So the, the two groups of owls, and owls are called strigiforms. There is the, the titunidae, which are barn and bay owls. And then strigidae are the all other owls. And so strigidae is what a burrowing owl falls under. So those are the two major classifications. Well, Chris, to build off of that a little bit, the barn owls in that group are actually what are known as false owls. Most of the species of owls, you said there's like 215 okay. or over 200. Those are the so-called true owls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have the larger heads, the rounder faces, short tails, muted feathers, and molted patterns. And I was lucky enough to work with a barn owl for years, for pretty much my entire career at the zoo. Uh, her name was Elba. Of course, I always make nicknames for um, for for my mm-hmm. animals. And uh, the barn owl name, yeah. the scientific yeah. name is Elba something. So, we, of course, somebody cleverly named her Elba. Mm-hmm. But I called her Elba Jean. And Miss Elba Jean, I got to work her on the glove, and she was just – I just loved her very, very much. And she was a very special bird to work with. And I got to learn a lot about owl care and maintenance. And she taught me, I should say. Uh, So barn owls will always be near and dear and true to my heart. And as I was reading this, I said, well, what do you mean she's a false owl? What what does that mean? And so these remaining, the small group of barn owls, Mm -hmm. and I forget what the other one you said it was, um, they have heart-shaped faces. So it's the difference between like a round face and a heart-shaped face with long legs right. and powerful talons and moderate right, size. Right. And now this is all making sense. So the true and the false are basically evolved differently, separately. And that's and then they got this name basically of true versus false. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for the record, barn owls in my book are never false owls. I, they're actually my favorite kind of owl because... Because of Miss yeah. Elba Jean. <laughs> I, oh, I love Elba Jean. Miss Elba Jean. Elba Jean. We love you, Elba she Jean. Was, Let's hope you're still she's flying. A cool, she's a cool bird. Because <laughs> this was last century. No, it's okay. Um, so the, the scientific name for burrowing owls is Athene cunicularia. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's 20 subspecies. The one in Florida is obviously AC Floridana. Okay. And they're in the Bahamas mm-hmm. too. So in the Caribbean. So the, the type that are there near you. All right, Angie, this one was fun. I always like this part of the podcast because I always get to look either the smallest owl or the biggest owl. Now, do you know? Ooh, the, I love this. Yes. Now, do you know the smallest owl? Because this is one we got to cover at some point. We have to. I didn't, but researching owls in general, yeah. I, of course, go down a lot of these different yeah. rabbit holes. And one of them led me to the elf owl. I know. That's the one I want to cover at some point. They are so adorable. It, it, there's a, a book series. It's it's for children. It's called The Owls of Gaul. Amazing uh-huh. series. They made a movie out of it that was just, the animation was just breathtaking. Um, just a great, you know, they had an elf owl in it. And I just, oh, it was great. It was great. But five but, to six inches 
yes. inches tall and 1.5 ounces. They're tiny. They're elf owl. Oh, we got to cover them some point. So the largest owl ever in history, and this is a few thousand years ago, the Cuban giant owl. Uh, just guess, how tall do you think an owl? Now, it's not the moa or some. The moa actually got beat out um, for the, being the biggest bird. They just found another one. I think it was in Argentina or something. That's like 12 hmm. feet tall. I don't, uh, let's see, maybe a foot and a half. No, no, no. Two feet? Taller than, taller than Xander. Three foot seven. Almost I'm over a meter. Up. Yeah, over a meter. What? <laughs> it's huge. That is it, taller than my four-year-old. That is insane. Yes. Yes, I love it was it. an owl. Weighed up to 20 pounds, nine kilograms, but they were mainly pounds. flightless. Yeah. Okay. So they weren't, they could fly a little bit, they think, but mainly flightless. Lived on Cuba and then they preyed on large rodents and ground sloths. So you're talking oh 20, 30,000 years ago. <laughs> wow. That is so cool. Imagine, Those giant animals are just, oh. somebody needs to make a movie with all the, Old gi- that's like yeah. a million dollar idea. You and I don't have a million, mil- multi million yeah. dollar idea, but maybe yeah. maybe you can pitch it to some of your movie friends because it would just be kind of cool yeah, to know, see I all know. like to compare it to like like if humans went back <sighs> in time, so you could right. have like Xander's height and then an adult height, and they kind of get to venture through and see and probably maybe get chased by some of these. Uh, oh God. These, I mean, remember that, what that saber tooth cat? Well, it's the not mouse, the, the, the giant, semi-dong. the mouse, it was as big as. <laughs> Of a, a cow or something? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Or the uh, oh I God. love our mu- at our museum, the uh, the Florida Natural History Museum. They have a yeah. lot of them and a, a lot of replicas yeah. and yeah, the like giant armadillos and this like bear yes. sloth thing that's like triple the size we of you standing up. Yeah, we would have been a snack. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We would have been a total snack. And then you had little tiny horses, like they were small. Those little guys, I, they were tiny. so fascinating. What an interesting world yeah. we have evolved from, that's for sure. Well, Chris, that leads really nicely into why we should care about burrowing owls or owls in general, right? I mean, okay, mm-hmm. th- they were three feet tall and they evolved and and, <laughs> and, and some of their relatives were able to stick around and make it through the ice age. So they're here, but mm. even going, you know, going back hundreds, if not thousands of years, owls have been a huge part of many cultures. Uh, like you had mentioned before, mm-hmm. they're known for being wise. Uh, and every, I don't have time to go through the whole list of all the different cultures, but for instance, in the modern West, we, we do associate them with, diligence and wisdom this even goes back to ancient greece and Mm -hmm. it seems like every culture from native american to african has some of sometimes they're actually um not as associated with wisdom but more associated with fear or being bad so Mm -hmm. they'll tell little kids a story like oh if you're not good the owl will come get you at night you know like at nighttime so (laughs) they no, I know. I should. I should. I should give a PG thirteen warning <laughs> yeah. before I said that. So, so, but they definitely have every culture. They're a part of it because they're just such an iconic, unique mm-hmm. bird. A beautiful bird. Beautiful calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, mysterious at nighttime. Wise. Unique physiology. And mm-hmm. when you look at how a burrowing owl or owls in general can impact humans. They're really critical for maintaining rodent populations. Here you go again. I mean, here you go again. I can just, I keep 
I swear, when you did the whole thing about bats and the billions of dollars that bats save farmers, mm-hmm. like here you go, here you go. Here's another species in decline that is a major check in the environment. Yeah, you don't want those so, little mice yeah. scurrying around your house. I had them in my apartment in Chicago. You don't on the third floor. <laughs> I was like, and my cat caught <laughs> one. Walls, yeah. And my cat caught one. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm on the third floor. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you don't want obviously you don't want rodents in your home, things like that. And mm-hmm. so they really help control the pest population. And you can even encourage that in your own neighbor in your own neighborhood if you put an owl nest box in your yard. And there's, of course, there's instructions mm-hmm. on how to mm-hmm. do that online. Do it yourself, or you could buy one. And then that'll encourage, obviously, not the burrowing owl because they go in the ground, mm-hmm. but for other species of owl like the barred owl or other common ones that might live in your area, it'll encourage them to have a happy place to live, and then they'll hopefully help control your rodent population. And so I think that's something that people just probably don't really think about a lot. Uh, and then switching gears a little bit for when it's not about the money, it's about the money. My dad's favorite, Always. favorite line. Always. Uh, and that in the old. Yeah. I use it now yeah, all well, the time. Yeah, well, it's true. And, yeah. you know, uh, big brandy, yeah. bless his heart. He would always say that when I was younger. I'm like, oh, whatever, dad. You know, he's like. And then now, <laughs> at the older I get, it's, it's so true. true. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So true. But anyway, so. So this segment, I guess, is a shout out to him. Uh, but the the burrowing owl itself has been able to be a little bit of a standalone and generate some income in certain areas because they're pretty huge in birding festivals in late fe- February that celebrate burrowing owls and whooping, whooping cranes. And it brings birders from around mm-hmm. the country to watch these birds, which then, of course, generates economic value to the local communities that put on these festivals. And mm-hmm. I think that's more in the north. Now, whereas down here in the south, in Florida, uh, there's a group called Cape Coral Friends of Wildlife. And we'll put a show a link on the show notes. And they're a great group that's dedicated to the protection and the prevention and education of burrowing owls. And they put out maps and engagement programs and to help view burrowing owls in the counties where they reside. And so that also attracts people. And now I have a really good excuse to go to Cape Coral because, to be frankly uh, honest, I I, I yeah. didn't have <laughs> I didn't have one before. So now I do, and <laughs> now, now do. my now money do. will be tossed in the income yeah, yeah. and or into that ec- economic pool, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And so mm-hmm. I think owls in general, but especially these burrowing owls. They are because of their unique physiology. Everybody, if you're a birder, everybody wants to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw the bird that I saw the owl that lives right, on the ground. Right, like, That's pretty. Yeah, radical. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's different. Yeah. You know, you stand out for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, they can generate some money too in their own area. So if we if they're wiped out, it's pretty sad. Yeah, and yeah. not not a great use of resources. No, no, not at all, not at all. Now, these owls live about ten years under human care, nine years in the wild. So. You know, that's probably average for, for many birds, their size. The the males and females, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh, and Chris, just a little side note to correct my own error in the podcast a few minutes ago. In the wild, two-thirds of adults do not make it to adulthood. Ugh. I think I said, I think I quoted myself saying 50% before. I was mistaken. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes here. So, so two-thirds, two-thirds of juveniles of juveniles don't make it to adulthood. Okay. 
Correct. Yeah, and then whether you have yeah, so like you said, ten thousand breeding pair of burrowing owls, and then they just have, have it tough. They have it yeah, tough out there. Absolutely. Now, what was interesting too this is like one of the first species where the males and females there's no sexual dimorphism, so they're about the same size. Mm-hmm. I guess females were a little bit heavier. A little, I but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. make note of it because it's Not so much. subtle. Yeah. Yeah. So they're about, uh, you know, up to 11 inches long or 28 centimeters. Their wingspan's about 24 inches or 61 centimeters. So not very big, way up to eight, eight and a half ounces or 160 grams. Mm-hmm. So again, not a huge bird. No. Now, what's really unique about the burrowing owl is they hunt during the day. Right. They're the only species right? of owl yeah. that is a day hunter and they are more active mm-hmm. diurnally. So that's going to be at dusk and mm-hmm. dawn. But they definitely will mm-hmm. hunt during the day, which, of course, owls are notoriously known for being nocturnal, right? Right. Yeah, and it, it makes sense, too. I mean, think about it. I mean, yeah, owls at night, but also that's when mice and rodents are foraging. So these That's when they're eating your box out. of Cheerios. Or, yes. <laughs> or I was blessed enough. Grain. My beautiful, actually, it was John's cat before we got together. Yeah. Our dear cat, yeah. Phoenix, who is now a household mm-hmm. celebrity for Xander. He loves that cat. He naps with that cat. <laughs> Phoenix, yeah. uh, she she was the one in Chicago that went mousing in my apartment. Yeah. So she was yeah, doing yeah, that at yeah, nighttime yeah. when we were sleeping. And then we'd get up in the morning and be... Mm-hmm. <laughs> not please your bed or on your pillow like, should, like, like it's like yeah right should i be happy or like i don't even like that we're in this predicament that my or the yes. john i guess at that time i hadn't fully adopted mm-hmm. her but the john's cat had uh was catching mice like i was proud of her but i was like a little like okay yeah. this is my landlord like what kind of yeah. am i living in <laughs> Yeah, slum slum town in Chicago. The um, it reminds me of like what was it the the uh, oh, what, the Godfather with the horse head. In the yeah, bed. but it turns out. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, yeah. but it does turn out. Bless the rodents' heart. They this they were doing construction on the first floor, and so okay, the mice so had like sh- moved up in the you know I guess the, well, however they okay. get wherever they're going, and so it was only a temporary yeah, problem yeah. where they're doing this construction once. The construction ended and they went back to, I guess, living probably where they could find more food and they didn't have big fluffy yeah, yeah. gray cats yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, mm-hmm, to eat them. that weren't yeah. having it. So, yeah. Now, burrowing owls, usually like, you know, ground squirrel burrows is kind of where yeah, they're right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. general. And prairie dog. And they have some really cool behaviors that Andy's yes. going to talk Stay about. Stay tuned. Now to, now, to jump into the physiology, this is where owls are just amazing. They have huge eyes for a bird. It takes up almost two thirds mm-hmm. of their skull. Like it's just their eyes are enormous. And what's interesting about this is okay, they're not spherical; they're more elongated, but they're fixed in place. Sure, they can't. They're not two eyeballs eyes. like we have. They're not balls. Yeah, <laughs> and they. And, oh God. Um, and then <laughs> we're not there yet, Angie. That's for the next section. Uh, they, um, but yeah, they have to turn their head to see. That's why they are able to turn their heads. 270 so degrees in each direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. I didn't know that. I like, didn't know that their, their eyes. Didn't yeah. I guess that. I never put two now and two together that that's obviously why mm-hmm. their necks have to move so much. Right. Yeah. 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 And they're so big that allows them to gather more light. So, mm-hmm. you know, starlight, the moon, things like that. And it, and it was interesting. I saw a factoid that like hawks and other raptors are bl- pretty much blind at night where owls see really, really well. Oh, yes. They have binocular vision, which focuses mm. on their prey and boops, boosts their depth perception. 
So mm-hmm. fantastic eyesight. Absolutely. And then this factoid, the great horned owl, which at the zoo there, they have one, right? The one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. The big, big one. Their eyeball is about the size of a large adult male. Human. Oh, Sorry. A, <laughs> I, I was yeah. like, oh, a rhinoceros? <laughs> uh, actually, rhino's eyes are really that big. Yeah, blue whale. There you go. Or the, yeah. what's that octopus? Yeah. Or is it the. Oh, yeah, the vampire squid. Yeah, they have big eyes. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. No, it, sorry. It's the great horned owl has eyes the size of a large human male. Would you say human people last time? I did. I, did you cut that out? I hope you cut that out. I think I did. I think I did. I think I did. Well, if not, you're probably not going to cut this out. So, yes, last week I said human people. You know, I mean, just <laughs> yeah, to make sure <laughs> we were clear. <sighs> All right. So, their feathers. This was really cool, too. They're special. So they don't make sound when flying. They're silent. really silent mm-hmm. hunters. Yes. So here's a test. And I know we're wearing headphones while we record, but for people that are listening to this, if you close your fingers and wave it past your ear, you know, if I could do it near my microphone, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my that's me doing that. Okay. So you you get a whoosh sound. Now open your fingers and do the same thing. You can't hear it. And so owl feathers are adapted to allow that air movement in between each individual feather. And I forgot which bird species we covered, but we talked about the hooks and how that helps them fly. Not true with owls. So they're silent hunters and really cool. Now, one thing they do, and this isn't so much the burrowing owl, but other owls, like Angie was saying earlier about the face, the heart-shaped face or the round face, those dish faces are really to help them catch sound sure. waves so they can hear mm-hmm. their prey. Their ears, Angie, you, know, you probably saw this, but their ears, one is higher than the other so they can triangulate where the sound's coming from. And when you see them, and burrowing owls do this too, they, they'll tilt their heads to the side. And then what they're trying to do is triangulate that sound. Yeah, they have, like, mul- they have like multi-dimension ear hearing. Yeah, boom, yeah. ready, aim, strike. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. I love it. Now, the other the other physical ad- adaptation is, you know, they have four talons on each leg. Now, most of your raptors have, what, three and one, right? Like three up front, one in the back. Owls can do two and two or three and one. They can actually maneuver those so they have better grasp of prey. Sure. And, yeah. I mean, they have some of the strongest yeah. talons in the avian kingdom and the bird among their yeah, bird species. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to them hunting, but they basically crush the prey to kill them. Sure. Well, and I mean, as you mentioned with the great horned owl, the largest living owl species, its mm-hmm. talons, it can curl its talons tight around something mm-hmm. with a force of 300 pounds per square inch. That's Wow. Wow. That's roughly wow. Um, uh, the strongest human bite. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I did not see that. The... Now, the burrowing owls, why they hunt, we're going to jump into nutrition, but what they like to do is, is perch up on trees or fences, and then they swoop down on their prey. This leads me into Jesse's story that he, that he shared with me one time. Oh, yay. Story time. Jesse I is love a, story time. Yeah. So, so Jesse, Jesse is a birder. He's a big bird nerd. <laughs> I and love it. He, he, yeah, we love Jesse. He's so great. So Jesse told me when he was in Florida, he went out and he was looking for burrowing okay. owls. And he was out with his dad trekking around. It was uh, a Okeechobee Swamp just north of that. Not Cape Coral. You know, south of I-4. No, south of I-4. But he's out there and he saw a burrow. 
And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So he ran over, got his binos out and stared at the burrow for 20 minutes waiting to see the owls come out. And finally, after 20 minutes, he gave up and he's like, ah, he's like, there was no, you know, he wanted to see that burrowing owl. Like you said earlier, as he stood up, he looked up at the tree and they were all there looking at him. <laughs> they were all in the tree. <laughs> uh, they were watching him. Jesse, I'm not laughing um, at you. I'm laughing with you. That's so something I would do. Oh, I'm laughing at him. That's awesome. <laughs> 20 minutes, he's staring at this burrow. And they were all just up in the tree looking oh, at him like, hey, yeah, dummy, like, we're right uh, here. <laughs> hello, look at my beautiful yellow eyes and my long legs. Yeah. But he did see him, so there he has. Okay, that on cool. This. No, I'll have to. I'll have to shoot yeah. him a message and see if he can help help yeah. give me some hints of some well, good sites. Where to go? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I really. Go. I mean, yeah, I'm. Go. I'm not a hardcore bird nerd, but I definitely like to. If mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have a little bit of a count, and I would. That would be a really a really mm-hmm. cool one for sure to see. Yeah, I think that that one would be cool. The burrowing owls. Next time I'm in Florida, I'm going out, and I'm going to look in the trees first before I look at the burrow. <laughs> right. Note to <laughs> self. Yes. So they eat rodents, obviously, mice and moles and insects. So grasshoppers, bird. they eat some other birds, some lizards, amphibians. Yeah, they'll definitely you know. do yeah, definitely a mix, a mixed palette. And, and a lot of it depends on the subspecies, right? Uh, what right. They, and where you're at. Yeah. I mean, some yeah. will even eat. They're very, you know, they're generalists, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so some will even eat termites, right? Scorpions, oh, I good. read. Oh. Spiders, oh, beetles. Cool. Yeah. Mm hmm. We love these owls. I know. So and then a really, um, unlike most other owls, uh, certain subspecies will eat fruit and seeds, especially the, oh, cool. yeah, the fruit of the, it's mm-hmm. called the tasajillo and the prickly pear okay. and the cola, oh, yeah. okay. cola cacti. Okay. Okay. Now they can swoop and catch insects in the air, but remember I said earlier, the, their adaptations of having longer legs they will chase prey on the ground. Right. That's actually what so, they're really good yeah. at is the running and the chase game, yeah. which is fascinating because you just – I want to see some of that on video because you just – I know. You I always know. just think of an owl swooping in and just snatching up its prey, which they do do this as well. But no, they'll chase after it, which I think is just not – it's just – it doesn't – it's not normal, right? It's not – Yeah, so I, know. I would I know, like I to know. see that. And then so, Angie, one thing is – that I've always been curious about with owls, and they're it's kind of infamous with that, is how they they choke up this pellet, right, or whatever the bones or something. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So once again, talk about Miss Elba Jean, my favorite barn owl that I got to work with. I'm so happy <laughs> I get to talk about her. I love her so much. Uh, but yes, they produce a pellet, or and to use the correct terminology, it's a cast. They cast up, so it's like a verb or throw up, I guess you get to regurgitate. They cast, so they cast up this hard regurgitated lump of basically things that they can't break down in their stomach from a, if you think of a rodent. Mm -hmm. So of course at the zoo, we fed mice. So they're not going to be able to break down the bones um, and the fur. If if we fed them like baby chicks, Mm -hmm. they can't break down the feathers. And so Mm -hmm. this hard pellet comes up a few hours after the owl's meal. And most owls do swallow their prey whole without biting or chewing. And so mm-hmm. this is a necessary, mm-hmm. I guess, part of their digestive system to get rid of right. what they almost, if you think, I guess, kind of like a cat hairball. That's, that's, uh, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. look like a cat hairball. It looks like little 
skeleton bones. I mean, you can see the bones in there, and <laughs> yes. or fur, feather yeah. or fur yeah. or whatever else. And so, right. researchers will actually identify these pellets or these casts. Some people, uh, like I said, the, they'll call them cast balls mm-hmm. or cast pellets. Uh, they'll analyze them to see what an owl's been eating, and it'll help give mm-hmm. them kind of some sort of knowledge as to. Uh, what type of food an owl is consuming. And so for us, when we were being, you know, taking good care of Albagene and, uh, and having really good husbandry, we would always record, we would inspect her casts, uh, pellets, and, and record if, if we saw something unusual or the size of it, or if one didn't come up, that was sometimes a sign of potentially like her not eating or not eating well or uh, digestive mm-hmm, issue mm-hmm. going on. So it was just part of the daily routine of looking for the cast balls or cast pellets. And it's really cool because I'm kind of a weirdo and I like to inspect. I'm always like, ooh, what's in there? What do I, ooh, yeah. is that? It, yeah, yeah is I that remember a, doing it during science class way back when. <laughs> yeah. Is that a mouse femur? You know, I just kind of, you know, what is that in okay. there? Uh, but, and just, and just uh, to note yeah, that yeah. baby owls, owlets, don't produce pellets because their family, their parents feed them, both male and female, we'll get to that in behavior, but they feed them regurgitated soft food. So okay, okay. they don't have okay. to worry about the bones and all the hard stuff. So Right, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. The Now, with burning owls, obviously being on the ground, they are... Um, in danger of being preyed upon. So snakes, badgers, coyotes, feral dogs and cats are, are a threat. And then obviously humans and reading these things about these things is they get hit by cars quite a bit. Mm, so yeah. yeah, that's kind of, kind of sad with that. But the, the behavior, like the, go, just go because it's just, they do well, so much. Know, cool stuff. Yeah. Well, you led me into a really good segue actually about their nests. Yeah. Because people have probably mm-hmm. been listening uh, and turning their necks and flapping their hands and doing all these other interactive things that you've been talking about or we've been talking about to demonstrate how owls are so awesome. But the burrowing are, owl is even more unique because it has it nests and roosts in burrows in the ground. And as we mentioned, they're often either uh, have been evacuated by prairie dogs or ground squirrels, things like that. Uh, and that's where it gets its name from, burrowing, burrowing out owl. And just to give a quick little description, like what the burrow might look like, the subspecies that lives in Florida, those burrows are generally dug by the owls and are pro- approximately one meter deep and approximately two to three meters in length. So this is no joke burrow, right? This is right. And then right. Mm-hmm, yeah, and most burrows have a slight curve to them. So the sunlight does not reach the nest cavity. And it's also okay. interestingly thought that the male picks the burrow. So he, he, if they are using an evacuated burrow uh, from a prairie dog or for something that the male, I guess he goes house shopping and he picks it out. So I always think yeah. that's kind of a funny visual to me. Uh, and, I know, I know. And Chris, the other thing that's cool about their nests is a lot of them collect a wide variety of material to line their nests. And some of it's left around the entrance of the burrow. So we'll have to ask Jesse if he investigated the burrow, if he saw anything special there. Yeah. But yeah, some of the species yeah. will uh, use ma- mammalian dung or poop, often from cattle. And researchers don't know entirely, but they think that the dung might help 
mask the scent of, especially when they have babies in there, owlets in there or juveniles. Right, but right. They also think that maybe the, the dung or the poop will actually attract. And another running theory is the dung or the poop might attract beetles to the to the nest so then they can just have a little little afternoon snack. And the other theory is kind of cool. Uh, it's that the the poop or the dung actually is line on the lining to help control the microclimate in there. It might actually attract insects. So it's like a trap almost where they can just have little snacks in their burrows because these insects are attracted to them. Uh, but once again, all that's going to depend on the different subspecies and and how they where they live and and uh, what what is around them. But site fidelity or mm-hmm. do they use the same burrow? It basically it, it depends it varies among populations. Some will relocate frequently and have several nests in a year, and then some will stick around the same nest. So it probably just depends on maybe threats or climate or predators, food availability, yeah. all that. So obviously food there's still a lot, maybe, lot of work yeah. to be done to understand yeah. these guys' exact yeah. behavior when it comes to their nests. And regarding their activity, we we do know that they're active during the day. Um, they do avoid here in Florida. If I was going to go s- look for one, don't go during the midday heat. They try to avoid the heat. Like who doesn't, right? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're definitely busy during the dusk and dawn. Yeah. Those are great times. And one of my favorite behaviors that you already mentioned is yeah. mm-hmm, yes, yes, is yes, that yes. burrowing owls will often nest and roost in burrows made by ground squirrels which is a strategy Mm -hmm. also used by rattlesnakes so they've got a little healthy competition Mm -hmm. well i wouldn't say healthy i would say probably Mm -hmm. unfair competition right i mean who's gonna win that battle right the rattlesnake or the uh the burring owl i love them both individually right we've we've covered the rattlesnakes so Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've covered them both yeah we've covered them both because this isn't really like a cage match situation of who will win and so it's really not about the rattlesnakes, but what it's about is when threatened by anything, the owl retreats to the burrow that produce and it produces a rattling or hissing sound similar to that of a rattlesnake. Yeah, okay, so, so smart. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this behavior is basically an example of what you call acoustic Batsian mimicry. Hmm. And it's been observed as a very effective strategy uh, against many animals that are familiar with rattlesnakes, right? And right, right. Uh, Batesian, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, basically, that is just a form of mimicry where a harmless species, a.k.a. the burrowing owl, has evolved mm. to imitate a warning signal of a harmful species or predator or AKA a rattlesnake in this, uh, in this example. Nature. And stick with me. I have a actual, I have a clip of what that sounds like of a, of a burrowing owl mimic, mimicking a rattlesnake. <laughs> That's not it, Angie. <laughs> no, I think it's this whole thing. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Oh my god! I'm leaving that in. Oh my god! That was so okay, great. well here, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> okay. okay. 
nature, 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 nature. Like this is what this is what's so fun about this podcast. Isn't it fun? Is just, yeah, I was so happy to do that. Oh, that is the coolest thing. Yeah, that is such a cool thing. It's oh, it's amazing. And yeah, Chris, the of course that awesome rattlesnake mimicry sound that the burring owl makes is just one of over I think. 13 unique vocalizations that burrowing owls have from cooing to warbling to rasping to clucking, screaming, um, amongst other sounds. And the most commonly heard is it's called a quail-like two-note cooing made by males during breeding season. And then, of course, young owls maybe Mm -hmm. making little eeps or rasping sounds, talking to their mom that they, you know, are hungry and or a defense call or uh, begging mm-hmm. for food. They have like a wine, which just makes me think of my children. Mm-hmm. Mom, it's this is like every night at like <laughs> yes. eight, every night at like at eight o'clock. Oh god, I'm hungry every night. Oh, dude, I'm not. Oh my god, I was yeah, I was writing the other day about you know raising the kids, and I swear to God, every time we got home from school, it's like yes. you'd feed them half the fridge, and then they would turn around. I'm hungry. I I'm like, know. I just gave you like I know. five apples and a bunch of just fruit smoothies. Yeah, and you're yeah. So they, they call for the burrowing owl a food for their juveniles. They call it a food begging wine, and I'm like, yes, that those are that is those yeah. are my kids. They, but and and I, but I keep feeding them, so I know that it, yeah. it can't be real, or or they're just. I mean, maybe because they're growing boys. But yeah. yeah, so at nighttime, I they, finally they I don't so want to give them a yeah. whole bunch of food because they need to go to bed and they need to eat dinner. That's key right they need to eat dinner Mm -hmm. but if Mm -hmm, they are mm -hmm, doing the mm -hmm. food begging wine of the burring owl juvenile i will give them a piece of plain bread i'm like okay you guys can have (laughs) you know hopefully it's whole wheat so hopefully there's not too much sugar in it hopefully it won't hype you up because they're always they're always so my boys are always so hyper at nighttime too i don't know if it's a boy thing it's a second yeah after second win after after bath it's a boy thing i'm telling you it's a boy they're like it's like giving you know you give your dog a bath and they get more energy that's what my boys do. I give them a bath, and then mm-hmm, they literally mm-hmm. want to run ra- laps. They run laps around the house, pillow fight, all this. We have all this fun. We play all these games, and then they yes. then they say they're hungry. <laughs> it's like every and so then and then I, I give them their bread, and then they go to bed, and they're good boys. They Two sleep boys. very nicely throughout the whole night. So I I can't complain, but yes, um, I know yeah. the food begging wine, yeah. but just for uh, just to yeah. for a more from a more scientific yes. point yes, of yes. view, here are a couple uh, calls that um, mm-hmm. are familiar from the Western burrowing owl. This is their call. And this next, next one is a song by the uh, subspecies, the Western burrowing owl. You know, I'm just gonna say, birds, bird song, too amazing. It's just so amazing. They're so. It's like it's so beautiful. I know. Here. And Chris, I've got to tell you, before I even get into the next section of reproductive behavior, I just, I had a total epiphany, prepping for this, uh, this, this recent pod about burring owls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be- between their songs, and then I'll get to in a second their courtship behavior, which I just always think of my husband, so it just always cracks me up, but. Uh, I really think that there should be a pod just on species of birds. Like we'll never be able to do them all and, or even 
come close to anything and birds are just so cool well that we don't don't run us out of business angie we'll just be doing this for 20 years as soon as we make more than you know as soon as we can make some money you and i I would love ever i know if somebody wants to like fund me and you to just to do another weekly just bird like literally just pick a cool bird species because there's so many that you don't know and i'm like not i would even we could even hire like a full-on real like bird or bird person yeah researcher but yeah yeah, researcher because it is i i feel like you only tend to know about the birds in your area because you see them walking Mm -hmm. around or their mascots or that's what you know but when you really like open up the bird encyclopedia and see the colors and see the sizes Mm -hmm. and see the uh, the adaptations, right? Darwin's finches, mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. how amazing they are to evolve the way they evolved and how they evolved these songs and these calls and this courtship behavior. I'm in love. What can I say? I just feel yeah, like they're, they're amazing. They're birds amazing. are awesome, man. I, so awesome. And so anyways, that was my epiphany. I know we don't have the time or the money to do a, just a bird podcast or and we don't have a cool, clever name of what it would be, and that's key. You got to have a name. <laughs> so yeah, I, can't, I can't think of yeah the the all bird. Ah, never mind. I, I can't even think about it right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know, but there needs to be one. And so someday, someday, someday. But so talking about cool reproduction and reproductive behavior, burrowing owls mm-hmm. are monogamous, so they typically only have one partner, and they breed every year. Now, occasionally a male might have two mates, but once again, they're typically monogamous, which a lot of bird species are, which uh, once again, I think is a really interesting uh, strategy. And they their, ste- their nesting season begins in late March or April in North America. And for okay. their courtship, this is what I love about birds. I don't have time to do the whole song mm-hmm. and dance. I would love to, but the right, courtship right. can include, once again, I just always think of my husband, singing preening which that means uh cleaning their feathers or cleaning each other's feathers right and presentation of food by the male <laughs> so yes we do I, that well meat you i know, have meat I know. tonight ain't you? let me just say john i know you're probably not listening but if you came and you say if you serenaded me with he used to play trumpet so he could he could play trumpet and serenade me or he could just use his voice uh and then he came and he brushed my hair and he brought me food, like that would work, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send him a message offline. Send him, yeah. Send him, it's yeah. on. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, do that. But anyways, so it's just really cool. That's very romantic. Burrowing owls are little romantic, cute little, cute little owls. And they also have flight displays. So this my husband cannot do. He cannot do a cartwheel. He cannot jump around a lot. So he cannot do a flight display. But they can uh, have been observed up to 30, 30 meters, filed by hovering and then swift hmm. descents. Wow. Okay. Yep. They'll, re- they'll repeat this pattern several, several times to attract their female and show off what okay. a good, okay. I guess, aerial acrobat they are, right? Acrobat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the male will display this and call the female. And when she's arrived, um, they will breed and they will stay together to rear the young. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can see pairs of owls that, that join up and they have like loose nest colonies, but it's it's mostly 
the relationships mostly just focus on their partner, right? This monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so once he sang his little song, done his little dance, done his aerial high dives, uh, the female will lay an egg every one or two days until she has completed a clutch that's about four to 12 eggs on average nine. Mm-hmm. She incubates the eggs for three to four weeks while the male brings her food. I could get behind that for the record. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's what we do when you're it is pregnant. True. Just, it is hey, true. Taco I know. Bell. Well, and you know, John, he, he got out so lucky because I didn't have the min- midnight cravings. Now, I, it was yogurt. Well, yes, right? but it was, this was like at 8 p.m. So yeah, he was okay. still up. It wasn't super yeah. annoying. And he really liked yeah. a frozen yogurt as well. So um, I never yeah. had the two o'clock in the morning go get me a, you know, a fried pickle type deal. <laughs> pickle yeah, sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever, yeah. But yes, he would bring me whatever I needed. That, that was for sure. He he was very good about that. Yeah. So, uh, but then, yeah. So, and then, and then the, the, once the eggs have hatched, both parents feed the chicks. So an interactive mm-hmm. uh, parenting, which we see a lot in monogamous pairs, of course. Um, and then mm-hmm. four weeks after hatching, the chicks can make these short flights and start to leave the burrow. And, however, the parents will still help feed the chicks for one to three months. So some decent parental investment. And as we mentioned previously mm-hmm. in the pod, only two-thirds – one-third, oh, no. only one-third make, really it, oh. make it on to be a, a, yeah. a breeding – pair right so these ones are are still least concerned overall Mm -hmm. but there are some owls critically endangered and you said some of the subspecies right yeah so they're endangered burring owls are endangered in canada our our dear neighbor my dear Mm -hmm. neighbors neighbors to the north and they're threatened in mexico and then they're also threatened in florida here where i Mm -hmm. live and then colorado so there's certain yeah certain certain pockets of them and um, and you know, once again, this is just due to loss of habitat and then of course, um, mm-hmm. human airports, golf courses, those kinds of things, um, that I mean, I mean, it's just, that made me think of, I remember the reindeer episode we did way back for Christmas uh-huh. and I remember some pockets of them subspecies were like critically endangered and then the overall population was still like the same thing. So it's almost the same mm-hmm. thing with these that, you know, you had certain subspecies that were. We're getting driven to extinction. So, well, some of the conservation tips this week are just how to help owls. You know, that's what I, I focus specifically on. So one of the things you can do is if you do have a rodent problem, do not use rat poison um, because the rats will eat it and the owls will eat the rat and then the owl dies. So use traps. You know, there's humane traps or better ones, I guess, out there. I mean, it's quick. I mean, it's, you know, we're just all about animals and we did the key largo mouse and the, the the mouse the other one what was the other one oh the perdido <laughs> the yeah mouse. the perdido beach key yeah mouse. that one yeah. yeah i mean you know it's like uh, but people do have rodent problems like you said and so use traps or 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 Turn an owl box porch lights yeah yeah oh, okay well that's next yeah thanks, thanks. yeah 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 so put up Yay. owl boxes or see what's in native your area but also one thing i never thought of is turn off your porch lights, outside lights, because it can hurt their ability oh, to hunt. Oh, yes. That makes you know, great so sense. You always leave a porch light on or something like that, but turn and them off. And it saves electricity. Off, you know? I mean, if you, that's the other big thing, you know, because we talk about reducing carbon footprint. So turn off your porch lights, everybody. 
help the owls out. Don't use rat poison and put I up some it. owl boxes. Yeah. So, so who's who oh, should okay. We well, who if we you have fallen in love with the burrowing owl, which you should have by now, I hope. If you haven't, check out some photos of them. Look at them, and then you will fall in love with them. Yeah, and then amazing. you're going to follow this group called the Burrowing Owl Society of BC. And BC is for British Columbia, um, our Canadian neighbors to the north. And they can be found at the burrowingowlbc.org. And then on Facebook, and I definitely suggest you like them on Facebook because then you'll get, your feed will be filled with beautiful pictures of these brilliant burrowing owls with their bright yellow eyes. And you can see them in action with their long legs. Mm-hmm. And this group is awesome, Chris. That once again, they're out of British Columbia, but they're an environmental organization working to restore a self-sustaining population of burrowing ground owls in the southern interior grasslands of BC. Historically, mm-hmm. in 1980, these burrowing owl, owls were functionally extinct in this area. Mm-hmm. So, or the subspecies are, um, are in this area. So mm-hmm. this group... I think they've been around for, man, I'd have to look. I won't look. So this group's whole mission is to get these burrowing owls back home where they belong, right? And so what they do to do this is they help raise and care for burrowing owls. Uh, I think they have two uh, site locations. They create Mm -hmm. healthy habitats for them to live in, in the wild. And then they promote grassland biodiversity. They're also really big, of course, on education. So they educate the public about burrowing owls and their story in the area. And they're very, very conservation-minded, which is awesome in an organization. Mm -hmm. Yes. They do maintain a uh, breeding population that live under human care. But what they do is then they help prepare the juveniles. And then I think think it's actually the adults for release right because you don't want to release mm-hmm. juveniles because we've learned yeah. that that's not a great time to release them right they don't mm-hmm. do so well and so they release them and they have like soft release programs and i'll, I'll there's an awesome video i'll have you put on the show notes that kind of tells their story and shows what you do and it's really really moving and it makes me i'm like i want to go do that with my life i want to work for i want to work for the burrowing owl <laughs> society the team i know, like, they, the rhino they have, I know the, oh there's God, so many people that are doing like amazing awesome things and so with that being said if you are in the british uh, columbia area i mean they're always looking for volunteers to help feed and care for the animals on site mm-hmm. um and for people to help dig nests for relocations mm-hmm. and then of course even at their facilities just help helping maintain them and you can also they have a banding and recording be like i think behavioral mm-hmm. recording program you can do and you can monitor ha- the hatching success rates and you can help locate new sites so there's, yeah. and of course, the best one is to obviously donate money because all that money goes yes. to helping feed chicks, build new nest burrows and educate mm-hmm. the public. So that's the best. Um, but if you don't have any money and you live nearby, you can just really actually get involved and, and they would teach you a ton of, if you're not a bird person, I'm sure they would teach you a ton about birds, which is how yeah. I got started. I just had to kind of dive right in and, and I, uh, I learned a lot in a small period of time which was amazing. It was like career changing for me. Uh, and I just want to say British Columbia, like, you know, and you know, I've been to New Zealand and, and I need to explore New Zealand more uh, at some point, but 
British Columbia to me is still the most beautiful place on earth. Vancouver, Vancouver Island, BC. Yeah. So to bring it full circle, I spoke about my dad earlier in this episode and he was pretty well traveled in his lifetime. And he always said that Vancouver, British Columbia was one of of all the places he's been. And it was one of the most beautiful. It is. It is just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I mean, I would love to live there, but uh, I'm not Canadian. So. I know you're not Canadian, <laughs> but gosh darn it, if you were, and then you could work at the yeah. Brewing Owl, or you could volunteer at least Brewing at the, Owl, at the Brewing Owl yeah. Conservation Society. Oh, yeah. So please check these guys out. Like I said, we'll put a video on the yeah. show notes. You're going to fall in love with the group and what they do. And then, mm. and just another important point is that there's a very similar program over in Manitoba area. So if you live up mm-hmm. north, in Canada and you're in the Manitoba area, they have something called the Manitoba Burring Owl Recovery Program where they have a similar type of uh, group there that is doing similar things. So it's not the only place right, in Canada right, that's right. trying to bring these guys back because, yeah, they've they've uh, a lot of them have been extinct or really critically endangered in the Canada area, and so they're trying to bring these guys back. And I applaud their work and their efforts, right. and they yeah. look like a really fun team yeah. to work with. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, Angie, you promised us, how do the owls turn those necks? It's crazy, Chris. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a neck <laughs> physiology. Physiology, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not just me. Like, I ran across articles recently describing how they did this. So, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. I think it was back in, um, let's see. 2013, finally, scientists explain how an owl can rotate its head without cutting off blood. So, and this is, a, okay, and this cool. is out of John okay. Hopkins um, School of Medicine. So, okay. other other physiologists out there that have a lot more probably equipment and specialties than us, they, they figured it out or figured out a large part of it. And mm-hmm. what they do, what's unique is that, and so owls have 14 cervical neck vertebra compared mm-hmm. to... I think we went over this in the last pod. Oh, with giraffes we talked about. Giraffes. Yeah. Do you, giraffes do you, seven, yeah. Do you remember my little analogy that I teach my students? Oh, oh, you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh-huh. So at, uh, breakfast is bre- cervical breakfast at, at seven. Mm-hmm. Seven. Then you have lunch at 12. Which is, which is thoracic. Dinner at six. Yeah. Thoracic yeah. is and 12, vertebrae, and lumbar, and lumbar at five. So, so a little early. Five. Yeah. Okay, that was close. Yeah, was close. close. Yeah. So yeah, so you're you're old. Yeah, old people have breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Healthy. Yeah. No, healthy. Even earlier dinner, you like, you know, it's better for your. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. But anyways, uh, yeah. So they have fourteen, which makes their necks more flexible than our human one. Okay. Um, and they also have an adaptation to their circulatory system that permits this rotation this 270 degree rotation without cutting mm. off blood to their brain right because you have all the the veins and arteries of course very right. important ones in your necks right. and so in the form um the foramina which is the hole in the vertebra it's just what they call it uh mm-hmm. through which the vertebral uh, arteries pass they're about 10 times the diameter of the artery so it's about the same size as the artery in humans wow in their necks yeah. jeez that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Amazing. Amazing episode. Burrowing owls. We're, we're going to do another owl. I guarantee you. We're going to do another owl. Uh, oh, we have to. Yeah. 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 They're, they're fun. Too cool. They're too cool. So great episode. And another one, another one in the books, episode 50 something or other 58. I think this one is. 
I love it's it. It's crazy. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And do us a favor, all of our fans out there. Yeah. Go. Yeah. If you're in an area where there are owls and you can yeah. hear a call, send us a call or let us know what owls are yeah. in your area. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I mean, they're amazing and they're amazing creatures. All creatures are amazing. And we will be back soon with another species as we inch towards Halloween. There's a hint. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.